Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's first reading from 2 Kings chapter 6. Here again these words. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I served as a vicar at Grace in Falls Church, Virginia. There was a dear lady in that congregation named Evelyn Jenkinson. She was very sweet to me, very kind. She often took me golfing. Uh, Her husband had retired a full colonel from the army, and he had died a few years before I got to Virginia. Uh, And so he was buried with honor at Arlington National Cemetery. Because of that, Evelyn had special access to that hallowed ground. And so it was that on May 27, 1996, Evelyn took me to the Memorial Day exercises and ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery. And the guest speaker that day was the Honorable William Jefferson Clinton, President of the United States. Now, this was pre-9-11, but even so, security was really quite tight. When we came in there, we had to go through not one, but two metal detectors. They checked our bags, they uh, made sure to pat us down, and wherever we looked, there was a heavy Secret Service presence. I sat down there at our seats in the crowd, and I watched as two-man sniper teams took their positions at several buildings around the area where we were seated. And two men, one had high powered binoculars, the other one had a high powered sniper rifle. And I sat there watching all of this and thought to myself, boy, is there anybody in the world who has more care, who is greater protected than the President of the United States? Yes, every single believer in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word makes that plain to us again today. Today we we join Elisha in prayer and we change his prayer just a little bit to say, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see your might, which is all around us. And open our eyes to see your mercy, which sends that might to protect us. The Israelites and the Arameans were not getting along. Aram was located northeast of Israel in what is present-day Syria. You may remember from your Bible stories uh, the story of Naaman, who was an Aramean. In fact, he was an officer in the army of Aram. He had an Israelite servant girl. Uh, He also had leprosy, and that Israelite servant girl told him, go and see the prophet in Israel, and the prophet Elisha healed him. It would seem that Naaman, though he was a commander, was not leading the army at this time, but it was the king of Aram himself. And what he was basically doing was trying to find the army of Israel and engage them in battle. But he had a problem. Israel was always one step ahead of him. And this infuriated the king of Aram. He he reasoned, well, I must have a traitor in my army, in my midst. But his problem was not a traitor. 
His problem was the prophet in Israel. You see, the Lord was giving information to Elisha, and Elisha was passing on that information to the king of Israel. And so the king of Israel was able to avoid battle with Aram. Well, the king of Aram could not let this continue, so he sent out his spies to find Elisha, who was giving all this information. Found him at a place called Dothan, uh, which is about 11 miles north of Samaria, where the royal palace for Israel was located at that time. And he wasn't kidding around either. He was serious. He sent in his crack troops, his best troops, and, and the tanks of the day, if you will. He sent in chariots and horsemen, and they surrounded that city. When Elisha's servant got up in the morning, he saw this. He saw that they were surrounded and they were in big trouble. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Elisha calmly, patiently encouraged him. Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then he prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And what did that servant see? Horses and chariots of fire everywhere. I have a photo I'd like to show you. Nolan, can you advance the slide to the photo? What you're looking at is a Israeli Merkava Mark IV main battle tank. And it is really quite something. It's considered to be one of the most powerful, one of the best tanks uh, anywhere in the world at this time. It's heavily armed. It's armed with a 120 millimeter smoothbore cannon, two 7.62 millimeter machine guns, and to back those up, a 50 caliber machine gun, along with a 60 millimeter mortar. It has tough modular armor that can be quickly repaired, and a 1,500 horsepower diesel engine that is turbocharged and can move that 72-ton beast at more than 40 miles an hour. The Merkava is a tough, capable, and deadly weapon. So why am I showing you a picture of an Israeli tank? Well, because Merkava is the Hebrew word for chariot. And a form of that very same word is used for chariot in our text. And that's basically what Elisha's servant was looking at. He was looking at tough tanks like that. Again, those were the, the most formidable fighting things in that day. Chariots and horsemen. And he looked at that and he thought they were completely outnumbered. They were completely outgunned. They were done. But then the Lord, in answer to Elisha's prayer, allowed him to see the invisible world. He allowed him to see the angels, the chariots and horses of fire that he had sent to protect him and to protect his prophet. And how everything just changed, right? At first he thought, we're outmanned, we're outgunned, we're sunk. But now he knew that it was Aram that was outmanned and outgunned. They did not stand a chance. But you know something, my friends? Often we are like that servant when he first woke up and saw those things. We look around us in our lives, at our world, and we see nothing but danger or disaster. We fret and worry about our health. What if I get cancer? What if I get sick? What if I get a heart attack? We parents worry about our kids. Who's going to watch over them while they're away at college? What if he gets into a car accident or something like that? 
We worry about violence entering our lives. What if somebody breaks into my home and robs us? What if, if somebody tries to attack or even kidnap my daughter? And my friends, so often we are filled with these kinds of fears because we've lost our focus on God's gracious promises and we've taken our eyes off of our Lord Jesus. Now, of course, bad things happen also to Christian people. This is a dangerous world. But you know something? This is true. There is nobody in this world who is better cared for, watched over, or protected than a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to God's word on this. Psalm 34. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Psalm 91, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus once said that there are legions of these angels, thousands upon thousands of them, and every one of them is a ministering spirit sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. The angels are kind of like heavenly police that our God sends to protect and to serve us. To protect us from what? Well, from everything and anyone that would seek to harm us. Certainly the, the angels watch over us and protect us from all kinds of physical harm. I mean, who of us haven't had the experience of just narrowly missing getting into a really nasty car accident and we thought to ourselves, how in the world did he miss me? Or how did I miss him? Uh, parents, you know what it's like to walk into a room and find your child doing something that definitely should have caused him great bodily harm, but somehow he escaped unscathed. In both cases, God's angels were hard at work. But the physical realm is not the only place where they do their work. They also protect us spiritually. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Make no mistake, though we can't see it, there is a battle raging all around us. There is evil that surrounds us. Satan and his demons are constantly on the attack, launching offenses against us. And if we were left on our own, by our own strength and power, they would make mincemeat of us very, very quickly. But we are not left alone. Our Lord himself is with us, and on top of that, he sends his holy angels, this mighty army that surrounds us and protects us. What a comfort that is. But of course, it isn't just the might of the angels that comforts us today. It is the mercy of God that stands behind it all. Think about this for a second. How did you and I, of all people, how did we get to be so very well protected and cared for? I mean, why did God assign this angelic bodyguard to protect you and me? And is there just something about us that's different? Does God look at us and think of us differently? Is it, is it perhaps because of our faithfulness to all of God's ways or our obedience to all of our God's commands? Hardly. My friends, if, if our protection in this world was based on what we could earn, we couldn't even earn so much as a squirt gun for our protection. No, my friends, we are surrounded by such might 
because of God's mercy. I want you to listen again to that passage I read before from the letter to the Hebrews. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Those who will inherit salvation. That's you. And that's me. And I want you to note something. We inherit salvation. We don't go out and get it for ourselves. We don't earn it or merit it in some way at all. It is God's gift to us in Christ. But I want you to know that salvation is definitely earned. It's not earned by you and me or anybody else. It's earned by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus earned that salvation for us by coming all the way from his throne in heaven, taking our place under God's law, and living obediently, fulfilling the entire law for us at every point in thought and word and deed. And he earned that salvation for us by shedding his priceless blood, the blood of the God-man on Calvary's cross, the sacrifice of atonement that pays for the sins of the entire world, including yours, including even mine. And my friends, the Son of God sealed that sacrifice and sealed that salvation by rising bodily from the grave on the third day, showing his great victory over all our enemies forever and ever, a victory that he shares with us even right now. And you know something? As if sending his one and only Son into our world to win our salvation was not grace and mercy enough, God also sends his Spirit into our hearts through his word and through his sacraments to give us faith in his Son. So by God's grace and his mercy, we are believers in Jesus. We are those who will inherit salvation. And as those who inherit salvation, we also enjoy the service of God's holy and mighty angels. Does this mean that Christians should expect that everything in life is just always going to go swimmingly, without hardly any conflict or trouble at all, that we won't have pain or problems, we'll never get hurt or sick? Well, you know the answer to that. Of course not. But my friends, it does mean that our God is with us and he's watching over us in every time of danger or difficulty. As we sang a little while ago, he is an ever-present help in trouble. In just a little while, we're going to pray together, deliver us from evil. How does God answer that prayer? There are four basic ways. Number one, God actually keeps much evil just away from us completely. Uh, how often doesn't it happen, I wonder, that, that some bad thing is going to happen, some disaster is coming, and God's angels quietly but powerfully keep it away from us, and we just don't even know about it. Secondly, God gives us the strength to endure when difficult times enter our lives. He does that through his word by which he strengthens our faith in his promises. Third, God actually takes those difficult things, those problems, that pain, and he causes them to serve our eternal good. He promises to do that very thing. And finally, number four, ultimately God delivers us from every form of evil forever when he brings us home to himself in heaven. That's what the Apostle Paul was talking about in our second reading. He said, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. My friends, his confidence is our confidence in a God who is so very merciful. 
One of my favorite bands is the rock band Rush. It's one of those bands that you either love them or you hate them, and I, I just happen to love them. Well, a few years ago, they came out with a song called Workin' Them Angels. Maybe you've heard it, maybe not. Uh, Workin' Them Angels. And the story behind how that song was written is really kind of interesting. Uh, the drummer and lyricist for the band, a man by the name of Neil Peart, was on tour with the band one summer, and he usually traveled separately from the rest of the band on his motorcycle. And he stopped one day at a rest area. And while he was at that rest area, he overheard a married couple arguing with each other. And really, it was the wife who was doing all the talking. She was very, very upset with her husband because apparently his driving left something to be desired. He was weaving in and out of traffic. He was speeding like crazy, and she didn't like it at all. And so at one point, she yelled at him, Boy, you were really working them angels out there today. In other words, his erratic driving was causing the angels to have to work overtime just to keep them alive. I think we can relate to that, can't we? I mean, we do live in a dangerous world. There are physical and spiritual dangers all around us. Sometimes we bring these things on ourselves. Sometimes they come from other sources. But as I said before, the times and days are perilous. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in this dark and dangerous world, what a comfort it is to know that God's holy angels will not stop working for us. No, they won't stop working until we are home in heaven with the one who shed his priceless blood to bring us there. And until that day, we pray, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes to see your might. Open our eyes to see your mercy. God grant us all such open eyes and hearts filled with faith in his promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>